You're listening to the Interventionist Podcast, series-based journalism from within. Don't be silent. Uh, to leave the EU. You know, entrapment has won on this occasion, and uh, I have to accept that. We'll make America great again. Future starts here and now. Future is you. Called a difficult woman, and that's the pre-watershed version. This <laughs> role, from the time you are making tough decisions. Yeah. Do we want to run our own policies? Yes, have our we own do. Country? Today's episode will include a very special interview with performer and activist Laura Hopwood. Join us as we discuss the no grey area hashtag and consider how do we move forward in a post-Weinstein era and what are theatres doing about it to address the issues of sexual harassment and bullying within the industry. But first, it was on a stormy night in South East London. Australia were 21 for no loss after 4.3 overs in the fourth test of the Ashes and most people in our house were checking back in with reality. The casual retweet here and a Facebook meme share there. As for many, the increased amount of alcohol consumed on Christmas Day was just about to make them wish they had listened to their conscience in not opening that fourth bottle of Prosecco. And that got me thinking about life, as well as my own drinking habits. And with it being this time of year, I thought it might be appropriate for a time of reflection. A time to reflect upon moments past, present and future, especially within the context of 2017. And who best to do it with than everybody's favourite AI, Alexa. Alexa, who is Stephen Kinnock? Stephen Nathan Kinnock is a British Labour Party politician who was elected Member of Parliament for Abba Avon at the United Kingdom general election, 2015. Okay. Um, Alexa, what... Is a melt. Melt has a few different meanings. As a verb, one, reduce or cause to be reduced from a solid to a liquid state, usually by heating, two, become or cause to become soft or liquid, three, become more relaxed, easygoing, or genial, four, lose its distinct outline or shape, blend gradually, five, become less clearly visible or distinguishable, <laughs> disappear gradually or seemingly. And as a noun, one. Sounds about right. A process whereby heat changes something from a solid to a liquid. Okay, um, maybe it's time to get serious a little bit. Um, Okay, let's try this one. Alexa, what is fake news? Fake news is a type of yellow journalism or propaganda that consists of deliberate misinformation or hoaxes spread via traditional print and broadcast news media or online social media. Fake news is written and published with the intent to mislead in order to gain financially or politically, often with sensationalist, exaggerated, or patently false headlines that grab attention. Alexa, are you a Russian bot working for the Kremlin? Sorry, I don't know that. Okay, um, how about this one? Alexa, will America go to war with North Korea? Hmm, I don't know that one. Okay, uh, Alexa, do you like Siri? I'm partial to all AIs. Okay, um, short and sweet. Okay, let's try something maybe a little less serious. Um, Alexa, Who is the best football player in the world? I think Lionel Messi is still the best, and one of the greatest of all time. Nobody else can match his combination of dribbling skill, ball control, and scoring talent. Alexa, will Jeremy Corbyn become the next Prime Minister? Jeremy Corbyn has put his faith in porridge and energy bars to fuel a successful election campaign. Speaking to The Independent... The Labour leader said that he's got the energy to sustain the party's momentum to win at the next general election in 2022. 
Okay. Um, Alexa, what is austerity? Austerity means the trait of great self-denial, especially refraining from worldly pleasures. Mm. Um, okay. Uh, Alexa, what does the general public think of Theresa May? I wasn't programmed with opinions on politics. My creators may have thought it could lead to arguments. I can't imagine why. This one is dedicated to our comrades over at RealPolitik. If you haven't listened to their podcast already, I would definitely recommend you do so, preferably after our podcast. Um, so here it goes. Alexa, who are the hard left? Hard left is a term used often pejoratively to refer to political movements and ideas outside the mainstream centre left. Time for a tune now, and this is a new one from British Intervention on Intervention Records with vocals from Christopher Williams. This is Dirty Sons.
is messed by You can listen to all the music featured on this very podcast by visiting the Intervention Records SoundCloud and we'll also post a few links on our Twitter and Facebook to those pages. Now, do you know the difference between a demonstration and a performance action? Well, if the answer is no, you're about to find out. Laura, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Good to see you. Yeah. So, um, so we're currently inside the National, yep. the National Theatre where... On the 25th of November, uh, you organised a performance action called Visibility, Solidarity and Responsibility. Yep, Is that right? that's yep. right, well done. Thank you very much. <laughs> that's like a tick, that's very good. Um, so Laura, like, can you tell us what was it about and why did it need to happen? Um, okay, so um, there's this group on Facebook called Bossy, which is um, kind of for female artists, um, I guess kind of uh, based in the UK, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure how widespread it is. And um, Nastasia Summers, who's a theatre maker and fe- feminist theatre maker based in London from Poland, mm-hmm. um, she posted it in the group like, guys, we need, I want to do something, I can't do it on my own, anyone want to help? It was just kind of one of those like classic grassroots thing mm-hmm. of being like, I need to do something, but I don't know what or how or. Um, and I just replied saying, I've organised rallies before. Mm-hmm. If you want to do a rally, I will happily help. <laughs> um, and so we connected, we met up. Um, she's one of the busy- busiest women I've ever met. Um, so we, she like tag teamed another meeting with a playwright and at my meeting in together because oh, wow. she knew that Abby would be into it. Yeah. And so we kind of like had this like ad hoc um, discussion. And so we basically realised we both wanted to do something, um, but we didn't, and there was, for us, it was that it's important that it's not um, like anti. Uh, that it was more about. So it wasn't about being against; it was about being for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the only thing we kind of established in the first meeting. Uh, Is that similar to stuff you've organised before? Like yeah. different was always, always, always been pro, or always being challenging rather than anti this, anti that. Yeah, because um, I've I've been involved with different. Um, uh, like organisations and often I find the more effective campaigns have been the ones that are um, about uh, looking forward or about um, paying tribute mm-hmm. rather than um, condemning or, because I think in my opinion that's that's like a form of you bring you, you do condemn when you promote yeah I think it's it's a you're, like, you're getting two for one <laughs> um but yeah, and so, and I just had this idea. Uh, it came from um, the, the Bible story about the Israelites walking around the walls of Jericho to bring the walls down seven times. Uh, and I thought, let's walk in silence seven times around the national because metaphorically we want to bring down the walls, not of the national, because the national were such, um, they were so supportive mm-hmm. of the event, but about the fact that this is symbolic of the theatre industry, you know, it's the national theatre, so it's the theatre of the nation. and. Um, so is that why you chose the national rather than somewhere like I don't know, like the old Vic? Yeah. So yeah, and a lot of people again were like, you should go, the, you should walk to the old Vic, and I was like, it, it tips into this territory of being anti rather than hmm. pro, and I was like, I get, I get people's rage, and it's totally hmm. justified, and uh, and I, I, I think maybe it's maybe it's naive, but I, I believe that channeling it into this more active. Hmm. Um, Form is more is always is always the better choice, uh, and it comes from my previous experience um, of doing like nonviolent action and that kind of thing. And so often that is about it's like the third the third option. There's like fight. It's not about the fight flight thing. Right, yeah. it's, 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 like like <coughs> rally against or don't do anything 
or what's the third option? Mm. Like, is there a way to subvert the whole thing? Mm. Um, so is this like the first time you've done this sort of, because I'm interested that you called it a, um, a performance action yeah. rather than like, I don't know, like a demonstration. Yeah. What, where's the, what's the performance action bit? How does that kind of differentiate from being a demonstration or? That's what's really interesting um, for me. I guess, so back in Australia, I ran a festival for Amnesty called Artillery. Uh, and at every event, we always had a performance action. Um, that was something that came out of us specifically because, you know, other activists there were, um, you know, they'd, they'd run a gig before or they'd mm. done like an art exhibition, but they'd not, this other element of doing performance action within the events was something really new um, in, in the Amnesty world in WA, which <laughs> 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 um, And that's kind of where my like activism in that way began. Um, and because I believe that like, what we did was, uh, it was performative. It wasn't, um, it was uh, curated in a way that like everyone wore black and white. We walked in silence. Um, the white ribbons as well, because it was white ribbon day that day. Mm -hmm. um, like it was, it was performative, it wasn't just a bunch of people getting together for a common cause. Mm. That was part of it as well. Mm. But on top of that was the sense that we created a piece. How a was how were the how were people's reactions to this to the event like? It's really interesting. I, um, one woman said um, that she felt like we had bared witness. Um, and I in the in like the walking in silence. Um, and it's like it took an hour, like it's, National Theatre is very big. <laughs> so it was um, quite an interesting experience to walk in silence. And people would talk at us and we would remain silent. People okay. and, and, um, As in passers-by? Yeah, but like, okay. what's all this about? And then we would just be silent. Okay. Um, and I don't know, like maybe people would see that as like defeating the purpose, but I think the purpose of it was to mark this current like global conversation um, without a conversation in the actual moment yeah I mean that so yeah exactly so yeah. it was about it was about so it's not about that we should be silent it was about that for too long people felt that they couldn't speak mm. um, all their voices weren't heard it was it, you know so if we speak then it's kind of we're not um, honoring the, the kind of tragedy that that is mm. that um, so many women and men couldn't speak out and now they can. Mm. So it's like, if we're quiet now, let them speak. It's their mm. turn back. That, that what, what's uh, changed? I mean... Do you I, think? I, I so the thing with like every kind of movement mm. is that there's always this thing that happens that everyone goes back to as like... The, so you think about like Rosa Parks, for instance, like... So it's weird that like Weinstein has done something, this kind of like tipping point. Mm. Um, yeah, and obviously that's like it's weird because that doesn't have heaps of trickle-on effect here in terms of like that's a Hollywood thing, blah blah blah. But then we've got our own Weinstein's, and because of his notoriety, mm. it means that suddenly, yeah, it's just like it's like the, the floodgates opened, mm. um, which is great because it's, it's the thing is like every like women, but also a lot of other people, like already know mm. we're not it's not new stars we're not being like oh my god what mm. i mean the whole me, me too thing is a perfect example of like every woman has a story mm. or many many stories so yeah it's like it's like we've been busting at the seams to to say it, and now they're giving us the microphone so how many so how many people do you think you had about 50 about 50 hmm. what, what's the do you think the next step after that regarding your your performance actions that does that sort of protest feed into your work as well as an artist or or is it pretty separate yeah it's interesting because Nastasia um, we haven't been able to meet since then because mm. of the way our lives are um, freelancers um, but in the new year we've got a meeting coming up um, the national are really keen to keep the conversation open mm -hmm. they have a women's network that meet every month nice. um, which is all the women um, like uh, staff at the national and they have guest speakers and kind of really practical 
assistants there, and so they've invited us to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it does, it does feed into my practice, but I think something this would be separate in terms of something that me and Nastasia would seek to build, um, build upon that, and um, and many like many people who were there afterwards like, so what's next? So it's oh, okay. obviously That's people good. are eager for more. And what do you say to them then? Get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's like a. I wish that this was very much like a flash response. Mm. It was like we need to do something, and we're doing something. It was very quick, wasn't it? Yeah. Turn or, or from when you first saw the poster online to yeah. to then article in the stage. Yeah, so it was and just then like boom, the boom, Guardian boom. Yeah. got involved. Yeah. So it was mental. Yeah. So it was very much like yeah, it was just kind of we just need to do something. Um, and if it, it, you know, I don't think we did it with the po- the purpose of like this is the beginning of something because I think all good movements aren't like that it's just like you just start you just do it you just mm. have to do it and then see what happens um, yeah it's a weird thing I feel like too much maybe this is kind of a side though but I think too much like uh, things like in our culture maybe are like about the big launch or the big thing and actually all big change comes from years and years of hard work mm. I mean the woman who um, who started me too Ten years ago, she like she wasn't even. She, I think she was mentioned in the ta- the the Time um, People of the Year article, but she wasn't on the cover. Um, and she has been doing this for ten years. This kind of unsung hero type thing. And so I think it's like um, that. That's how change happens. It's just the hard slog for years and years and years. What, what do you think the impact would have been if it was more of a? Um, more of a demonstration, more of an anti, sort of either against, either against venues who aren't speaking up, obviously because these things that are coming out, they're not just happening yesterday, they, don't, they didn't happen like last week, they've been happening for years. So yeah. what do you think the impact would have been if you would have done... Um, like a rally. Like a rally, yeah, yeah. more than, or an action that was more anti these venues, or anti... What do you think the reaction would have been? I don't know, I do mean... The, pa- the the papers and would have would have picked it up as well do you think or? the thing is I would never do that like yeah. I would never organise one of those events um, I attend those events because mm. um, I'm angry yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I don't know I just think like I think we got small numbers because of the nature of it that it was like that the, t- the terminology, etc., like performance action, all this kind of stuff. But the people who were there were like really, really there, if you know what I mean. And so, like, there was this real solidarity feeling in. And after it finished, like, everyone stuck around and chatted, and like, a kind of community was forming, even in that that small amount of time we spent together. Um, whereas you don't, I don't. It's like because you're building something. Whereas when you when we have these kind of actions that are more about tearing down, mm. people get a chance to like get it out, and I mm. think that is so important. Um, but not necessarily do you build something long term, and I think that for me is more important. Mm. Is that we're actually we're here for the long term. Um, so I'm. I mean, I don't know. I, I. There's sometimes where it's actually like I don't know what else there is to do other than just yell about it. Mm. And I, yeah, I feel I feel conflicted. I think I attend those. Th- so yeah, I attend those things, and but I wouldn't organise them. So they both are valid. And do you think the engagement as well of the people who go to to those events are different? So the ones who go to the more the the anti, you know, the more uh, I don't want to say violent but aggressive kind of tones mm-hmm. demonstrations. There's a different reaction to those people who then went to your performance action. Do you think that's that? I think definitely from well? onlookers. Okay. Yeah, like one hundred percent. Um, people were like intrigued and were wanting to because we walked with the big sign and mm. and, um, and people were reading it and trying and like just watching us walk by in silence. So I think there's something in that that like it's they don't know what. It, whereas if it's, if it's a um, like a rally or whatever, you you know what it's for because you hear them chanting it and whatever. Um, so maybe there's that element that people are. Um, the message is getting heard, so maybe not getting received. Whereas, if we were to do more of these things, then people they have response to it that's more positive. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just a. 
I don't know. I wonder if, what's more effective. That's the mm. question, like, mm. and I'm not sure what the answer to that. Seeing that though, your your event, um, your performance action seemed quite uh, concentrated. It seemed obviously from what I'm hearing about it now, and when I like, saw stuff online, yeah. with you know the amount of people that were there, rather than sometimes. Uh, Again, I'm sure we've both been to protests or rallies, and there seems to be a culture of it now where um, there's even a saying uh, I heard someone, you know, people are treating protests like it's the like it's the new brunch. Oh. <laughs> you know? so, but it doesn't seem, from what you're saying, I've heard other people that by having that sort of um, that performance action yeah. sort of banner and changing the conditions in which the event takes place seems to actually have an effect where it's pretty concentrated for the people taking part as well as the observers. Yeah, and I, I think because um, protest is inherent in the action anyway, um, so it's as, you know, it's, it's present, it's not, um, just not just a nice little day out. Yeah, yeah. It was like, there's a kind of burning heart in the centre of it. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's, yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing because I, our gen like I was reading an article about how our generation is, you know, we finally found our voice and we we're like so you know uh, like engaged politically and I was like are we mm. like are we mm. I mean it's cool to like retweet shit but are we actually politically engaged like I I don't know I think I think it's the same same as it ever was like there's people who will make change and there are people who will like a picture about change like mm. and I think it's just a different I don't know maybe now I'm sounding really pessimistic no no no, no. I see what you mean but, but I think um, it's easier yeah. to align yourselves with political action now without actually doing anything whereas once upon a time you actually had to go to a place mm. you had to go stand with a sign now you can just like like a Facebook page oh look I'm political but it's, yeah. so, it's so much easier to see like seem a connected to something when actually you're it's even it's even less engaged because mm. at least there's a truth to not going mm. liking and not doing is it's like dead words it's like empty yeah I sound really pessimistic no you don't no, no. <laughs> and on that bombshell no yeah. but can I just take you back I want to ask you about the types of people that, that went yeah because again we've been to various protests you meet people who've been there it's their first time, it's their second time, or people who've been going to demonstrations for 20, 30 years, or people holding signs, uh, again, wide up went around the internet saying like, uh, I came to this thing 25 years ago and I'm still protesting this shit, yeah, sort of thing. So yeah, what, yeah. what were the type of people that came to your performance action? Are they people that, you know, seasoned veterans been, you know, in protesting various different um, things, or are these people who are quite new? Because obviously it's within almost a performance context. Yeah. And the history of, um, demonstrating within performance and we're just talking about demonstrating as in mm. you know placards or you know messages not we're taking the performance element out of it as much as there is isn't it yeah but you know what was the response from the people was it their first times or well or? so the people that were there were like um, staff from the national and um, like uh, various playwrights and actors and directors that are connected to me and Nastasia. Mm. So people like um, uh, potentially like have been working in, like I think you can't separate the politics. Mm. So a lot of people who like work in political performance or like politics are a part of their practice. Absolutely. Um, and that, like a lot of female actors were there who, who like don't go to protests <laughs> um, and that was really encouraging because I think it's like yeah I mean the whole point of it but you know the solidarity with those who have spoken out or those who don't feel they can um, the fact that there were women there that were like part of this industry and a part and have experienced whatever is um that was really encouraging. Mm. Um, so it did feel very like it's not. It didn't. It was not the normal crowd of when mm. you go to rally. It didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like the regulars, mm. um, which was because yeah, I've been to loads. So it's like a felt very felt different from anything I've done before. Mm. Um, yeah, and you always get the like those people who are always at everything. They're just like against every every topic. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, 
Rufus turned up. Yeah. Yeah. How? Yeah. Rufus Norris, the big man. What big was, man himself. What did he? Uh, what did he think? What did he have to say for um, himself? So okay, hilariously. Nastasia spoke to him most and I was making banners so I barely spoke to the man but we got um, got a photo nice <laughs> um, okay. but like previous conversations I had with him like he was so um, like it feels like he's making space for other people to take action um, and putting his support behind that um, he is in a tricky position like it's that's the reality of it he is a man at the head of the, like, the biggest theatre institution in the country uh, he's like this theatre has had shows on by Max David Clark and blah 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 blah, blah. but he, he was at um, Vicky Featherstone's um, event and all the Royal Court event um, and interestingly uh, within the National he's been very this is what we were told um uh, by Vicky, who's the head of um, uh, like the marketing department here. No, it's oh, not yet. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, we met yeah. with Nikki when we were first organising yeah. with Nikki, uh, and she was saying that like at at the within the national, he's been very vocal about um, like no tolerance, and it was interesting because publicly he had she hadn't been that vocal. Um, so when when we found out that uh, like. Yeah, that there was going to be support mm. from the national. We were like, wait, what? <laughs> um, Why do you think pub- he hasn't been vo- that as vocal publicly? I think that's because there'll be there'll be calls that uh, you know talking about uh, biasness. I'm biased, meant to be impartial because obviously with the royal court again, they um, uh, they pulled the play, didn't they? Mm. Um, uh, Rita Sue. Bob to they, they pulled it yeah. and obviously that came out and then uh, people in the general public and the news were saying it's you know it's censorship and now they've reinstated the play yeah so do you think that was sort of tactics that Rufus not tactics but you know Rufus he can't say anything too public because there'll be a backlash from various right. other fractions of the arts what, what do you think I mean I think it's a real testament to the Royal Court about how they respond to that situation because in every communication they've done around this issue it's always been it, it reads differently mm. it has there's something in it that they've obviously laboured over the, the releases and whatever but there's a sentiment in that that's like we're listening and responding and that is how change happens is through is through conversation um, and so I think I think you're right in that like he like coming out and you know, like they did do a release like everyone else but yeah. like actually doing things more actively there would be repercussions or whatever because everyone's always going to criticise anything being like that wasn't quite the right way to do it or whatever um, but also I think there's something about the fact that it, it, from, from the conversation I've had and, and how it seems I think it's actually making space for other people too which sounds weird because like you're head of the national but if it's a woman like Vicky Featherstone leading this conversation I mean is it that better like I think potentially that is, yeah I mean it is <laughs> so whereas as soon, so the thing is like as soon as Rufus was involved it was like oh and it's like isn't it more about the fact that two women wanted to do this action mm. do, you know, do you know what I mean so, yeah. so like Vicky from the National was saying like we don't want to um, do any like advertisement in advance saying that Rufus is going to be there because it's just going to distract um, and whoever that came from whether that was Vicky whether that was Rufus whether that was just someone else having the idea mm. that showed a lot of character not, not that like maybe they just like didn't in case it was shit they didn't want to be connected to it oh, yeah, yeah. but I just the, you know they were like this is about what you're doing if you start saying Rufus is going to be there it's going to change it what have um, other kind of because I'm, lo- I'm looking at your uh, what is the purpose of the gathering I think the first the first sentence says um, obviously to throw our support behind the bold leadership of theatre leaders I'm assuming bold leadership is stuff what like Vicky's doing at, yeah. at the Royal Court and um, Rufus is doing here yeah. so to speak um, 
Are you aware what other theatres are doing? Have there any other sort of, since your event, or performance action, sorry, I should say, <laughs> have, um, have any other theatres uh, in your eyes either approached you about about the matter or um, you have any other sort of you know, so, powerhouses? I mean, Nastasia is in conversation with everyone because that's yeah. just her jam. Uh, I recently saw um, the programmer for 503. Mm -hmm. Their season is awesome and he was very upfront about why they chose to program so many women and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, there are definitely like I, I mean it's not we are part of a conversation we aren't the conversation so um, I've had like I've just basically paid attention to what's responding in the wider thing um, but yeah I think that that things will change like what, what has to happen now because we've got, we've got the, the Royal Court done their <coughs> code of behaviour which you've got a copy of in yeah. front of us and um, and they split seems they've split it up into five sort of um, five sections you have obviously the responsibility um, being off the venue of the rule call um, reporting issues raising awareness breadth and scope and patterns and scenarios do you think you know what do venues need to do next do they need to all have these codes of behaviours have these publicly sort of these documents that no, yeah. easily get or I think what do you think is the next step I think it has to be policy mm. so I think there has to be like I mean yeah exactly what it says here like culture change in that like people are terrified to speak out because the culture is stigmatised but also um, there's fear of repercussions so there needs to be a situation where people don't fear the loss of their job if they report. Um, there has to be protocols in place that safeguard um, people who want to make accusations. And I think like making a document like this is really great because it it put it just lays it out clearly. Um, and I think is theaters can have these. That's all well and good. Um, but un unless there's like repercussions that are more like unless if, you, if the theatre doesn't have them mm. there's repercussions if you know what I mean so mm. like theatre can opt in but I think it should be more that like there's no option but to opt in mm. um, and who do you think should set that precedent obviously we have the Royal Court one of the biggest theatres I guess you know in the, in the UK but do you think it should be something above them, like, I don't know, like legislation? No, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah, so it has to be government, yeah. yeah. I think it has to be as commonplace as your health and safety program. Mm -hmm. Like, it has to be, oh, yeah, we're sitting down and we're doing our, our lifting training. It's as dull and as mundane as, oh, that's right, we're doing our um, safety in in the like the in relation to mm. the code of behaviour training, whatever. Mm. So that it's so drilled in that you know like you must bend with your knees mm. to lift a package you also know that you have to communicate before or if there's you know all, all of the things that are listed in here the, the different kinds of situations that people find themselves in where things are more precarious mm. it is a vague and gray area industry that we're in especially when there's like if, if two actors say are doing like an intimate scene there, but there needs it just needs to be laid out mm. how people communicate about this how or, or situations of the of um systems of power mm. there needs to be i mean hierarchical thing in general is problematic from the get-go but mm. it exists and especially in our industry so understanding that like there is the potential for abuse of power means that, that those in higher positions. Mm. But looking here at their patterns and scenarios um, section, it says, you know, we spoke, you spoke about uh, just now about like rehearsals, you know, they have here it says about 21.3% were incidents which happened in rehearsals or backstage. But yeah. then there's a statistic here, it goes 13.3% happened at work parties. Press nights, birthdays, yeah. end of the run, Christmas, in the pub or at dinner with alcohol. Uh, so obviously that, those issues are outside of these performance areas or these. Yeah. So again, that's more of a of a, like a societal thing. Then do you yeah. think from that? I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think 
this industry is so like blurry with like when you know when the, the best time to like connect and is when you're at at a press night or whatever like people attend these events and there's constant like vagueness with you know what propriety yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know I guess it is it's a societal problem and that's how the abuse happens is that it already exists in our culture mm. um, that, that that gender like kind of situation um, mm. yeah and so I think um, I mean that is something that policy I mean is not able to mm. <laughs> amend yeah. um, I guess for me I think um, one 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 um, one of the women who came to the march was saying um, she was like the o like and she's quite radical and very inspirational and she was basically like the only solution is to reinstate every AD in the country as a woman and I was like that's quite bold what you're saying she's like I know but it's like the, the it's it's the only way to not because women don't abuse power that's not why but it's because until there's like a cultural understanding that women can be in positions of power mm. until there's a respect that's that's across the board that we then then we just perpetuate this thing until there's more female directors more female playwrights being programmed and just as a culture we go oh yeah it doesn't matter like it, you know there's no no little click in the brain that happens when you see a female name mm. and you go I want you make that judgment whatever mm. until that as a culture is eradicated there's always going to be this this gender imbalance and do you think there there is an issue I guess it stems from drama schools and places of education because if if these maybe these ideas aren't of cemented or the ideas that uh, they're teaching are ones that I guess are seen as quite archaic, especially on certain uh, acting courses or BA acting courses. Do you think that again? Oh, I guess there are other courses as well. Yeah. But do you think that's part of the problem as well, where in educational institutions, not other, not you know, just drama schools, but when either teaching the arts or even outside of the arts, because obviously this issue we're talking about is bigger. You know, it happens outside the arts. So do you think there's an issue within institutions and, and drama school training? Because there's some stuff here as well about, in Patterns and Scenarios, it talks about, um, you know, stuff happening within drama schools yeah. and these issues. Do you think that's a place I mean, where we need to look at as well? I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's basically in any kind of hierarchical institution, there is potential for um, abuse of power. I mean, it is systemic within drama schools. Like... My drama school is currently being like, investigated, um, and if they, if they investigated them all, they'd all fall down, they'd all crumble because that is that's the situation we're in. Maybe that's what we need to do: bring them down, start again. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not a fan in general of institutions, I, like you know, but uh, but I think like a lot of the the people perpetrating are they're not from that system anyway mm. I think it's I mean maybe they maybe they are because they're like it's they've been around for so long and there is this like boys club thing you know like the, the BA course at my uni had three girls and nine men because the reality is that there's more roles for men there's more opportunities for men just that's the situation so it's just it is what, what's interesting about drama schools is they are like a microcosm of the industry in a sense in that they like they don't try to challenge the inequity in the industry at all they just be like it's like this so we're going to respond because they're money making institutions so because of that there's nothing like it's almost like they're just being practical so you can't really judge them obviously you can but you, they're like this is the this is the reality what we're going to do we're just a drama school we can't do anything um Oops, we're so innocent. Um, but yeah, and so 
I think that, but then, I mean, they are just like toxic places. Mm. They're just like... They Some of the issues that come out there, and people's welfare and stuff like that, yeah. completely ignored. Yes, I mean there, I, I, yeah, I experienced horrific stuff, and I'm, I, you know, I'm quite good at calling shit out. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. So if someone who's more vulnerable, like, yeah, and the stories you hear are horrible. But um, but I think they're just indicative of the wider industry. They're they're, they're not like the breeding ground of it. They are just I mean, maybe they are the breeding ground of it. But they they're just exactly like the rest of it. Mm. I mean, I've experienced like since graduating like equally not pleasant experiences of men abusing their power. Um, yeah, in and out of the theatre. <laughs> so it's just a, it's almost just a fact of life. So moving forward, yeah. Moving forward, do you think that um, venues and and theatres, theatre venues specifically, need will start be looking at um, in what they program and how they program stuff that's just come out obviously with the Royal Call. Obviously, you talk about things moving and changing. Yeah. But do you think they'll be obviously in how? Um, You know that the argument of looking at more women within the arts, obviously being one. Because they'll start doing that with plays and, and think stuff they put on. They'll start programming, looking at certain issues and stuff like that. I mean, Do you think programming should change. Or yeah, or yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> In fact, yes. I, 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 I don't know if it will. It's not going to change quickly, but I feel that more and more people are just kind of not interested. I mean, maybe I'm people hang out with them in a bit of a bubble more and more people aren't really interested with the same old same old they're wanting more interesting stories I mean the um, Barbershop Chronicles has done so well because it's it's like a story that we haven't heard but by a like about a part of culture that if you aren't part of that you're like you I don't know it just for me before I even knew what it was I was like I want to see that show because like I have a friend and he said to me you know, the only person I'll be, I'll, I'll never cheat on is my girlfriend, and then also my barber, <laughs> and probably more my barber. And it was like, when he said that, I was like, that is something that's a part of a, a culture that I that just is. Obviously, I'm a woman also, but I'm I'm not part of that culture. So it was like, just was, it was so exciting to me. So I saw the show about it. I was like, I want to know more about this. So it's like more having stories that are like just not the same old bullshit we have all the time I think people want that maybe maybe I'm again like maybe I'm just hanging out with people who, who want to hear different stuff but mm. see on Netflix like shows that are popular having female leads and whatever but then also that's also like there's also so much you know Two and a Half Men has been on since the beginning of time mm. and we'll be on until we all die yeah. so <laughs> it's like House of Cards yes that is a very exciting thing because Robin Wright's character is amazing yeah. and she is amazing but she, she was taking the lead anyway wasn't she really totally. towards the end of the lo- not to spoil it for anyone who yeah. has watched it but she was taking the lead anyway towards the end of the last series and she fought to have equal pay to Kevin Spacey which was an amazing kind of um, moment for female actresses to kind of take the stand because she her character is like an equal and sure maybe she's not as famous but it doesn't really matter because people watch for her storyline as much as they watch for Kevin Spacey so um, I mean I cannot wait to see a Robin Wright led season of House of Cards I think it's going to be amazing it's the final one isn't it yeah yep, the final like, one it's just that's awesome and like Orange is the New Black is brilliant but, but the thing is at the moment if you can just like pick out the few that you know, it's, it shows that they're just like, there's basically, we haven't got a quality until there's as much shit TV with women at the lead, made by women, as there is shit TV made by men with men at the lead. Mm. Until we have as much shit TV, then there's not a quality. That's, that's how you know. So, because women, with like stuff made by women and any, any minority has to be better than all the, the books that we have on like coming out so it's um, but 
that just it, it makes life very difficult when you're like starting out and you have to be great from the beginning mm-hmm. um, and then yeah obviously there's breakout examples of that and whatever Get Out and Moonlight and um, Bridesmaids or whatever like you want to list them but again they're like examples mm. rather than like it just being the norm mm. that there is stuff directed by women I mean if I hear one more thing about how amazing that you know, Wonder Woman was directed by a woman. It was just like, mm. it's just the one movie, guys. And Guardians of the Galaxy, the first one was written. Was the first was it the first Marvel film? Was it written by a woman? woman? I didn't know that. I think. Well, yeah, when we did, no one talked. I could about be that. wrong though, but I'm sure. I'm that sure movie is yeah. brilliant. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's about normalising it. It's mm. not special. It's just. It's not. You can't. Until it's not a news headline, then it, it's then I I'm not satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> So what's next for you though? What are you, what are you up to? What's coming up next um, for you? So I'm going back to Australia for a month and I'm doing a show over there. I'm working on a project um, that's kind of a performance art piece about the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, what's it called? The Forager's Meal. Yep. Taste it. Yeah, it is. People actually do get to eat food, so it is pretty tasty. Lovely. Um, yeah, uh, it's been a project I've been working on for like about a year and we're doing a, an excerpt of it at the Perth Fringe. February. Um, yeah, so that's very exciting. Uh, and also, I'm, you know, I'm excited to continue working with Nasazia. Um, I would like to do something for the Golden Globes since there are recent conversations around uh, the black dresses and whatever. Um, I don't know. I haven't spoken to Nasazia about that, but I think. But you will be. Yeah. I just I think it's interesting that conversation because it's a. Uh, it's not right to like shame each other, but I also agree that like it, it's, it's the only way. It's the only way is to not participate and not perpetuate. Um, so it's this weird thing of like I I agree with both both sides. I think it'd be amazing if they all wear black dresses and then also black veils or something like just dark, um, because I think it's. I think it's important to encourage each other when we're showing solidarity because that's the only way it will continue is if we have a strong community. So if you start... But I also get that Rose McGowan is just... I can imagine just hurting a lot. Um, and it's quite a complex issue. Um, which is why I, I feel like, again, a testament to Vic Featherstone and the castle and the reinstallation of that yeah. show because it's being responsive to a conversation not just clickbait you know being like I'm actually having a dialogue um, and so that is how we make change mm. is that we talk we keep talking amazing keep, keep listening <laughs> I th- well that's amazing <laughs> I think we'll, we'll finish it there okay uh, yeah thanks for joining me thanks for having me you can get in touch with us here at Interventionist if you think there should be a topic for discussion that we're not covering or if you have an idea for a new series investigation, or if you simply just want to get involved with the show, contribute to the publication or send us a tune, drop us an email on interventionist.est2017 at gmail.com or send us a message on our various social media channels such as Twitter, Facebook and Instagram by searching The Interventionist.